what's going on, y'all? I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Crown Conversations, the podcast. This is your host, AJ. It's your boy, Big Mouth. Hey, y'all. It's Kayla. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Hi. It's Jen. Right. And we are joined by a very special guest. We have my bro, Larrick McCorvey. What's up? What's going on, bro? Hey, I'm honored to be here. No, we're honored to have you. So, um, <laughs> I moved the court, y'all. Nah, because I, I don't want you know the thing is faulty, so I don't want you to mess it up. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry. It was. I'm sorry to mess up your introduction. We, let's get back to Larry. Go but back. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, Larry, yeah, Larry. We are glad to have you. I'm, I'm glad honored. you. I'm honored. I'm hey. honored. Let's talk. So y'all, what? So what's good? How was y'all weekend? It was All Star Weekend here in Atlanta. How was everybody's All Star Weekend for you? Because Jenna and I were. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was in the house. Okay, that's good. I was chilling because I couldn't deal with all the. Really? Yeah. I thought you would have been yeah. out. I wasn't fucking with the shit. I, Malcolm was in the house I, too, I, for the I most part. I was in the streets. Of course, right. of course, you were in the streets, Larry. Where else was you gonna be? Friend, you got the your sh- vaccine. The streets, yes, half, oh, okay. halfway. Literally. I got one more to go. Which one you, you got? The Moderna. Well, I got the Pfizer. Well, Pfizer. Okay. 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 Wait, cause nah, yeah. shit. Hell nah. Nah. What kind of plus you fooling? Nah, hell nah. I'm not I'm not getting it. I'm not. Right. No, people do. I got right. that. Yeah, yeah, did, nah. I, did I just say people do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I ain't get, I All you need is somebody in the medical field, honey. You good to go. I got half. Wow. Okay. So when you get your other one? The twentieth. Okay. Ten, ten days. Well, I'm gonna be honest. At first, I was like real leery about it. I'm not gonna lie. I was like Tuskegee syphilis. Absolutely. I, was like, I didn't want to do it. Our people. But I tell you what I saw. Okay. A lot of diversity. I did it up in Piedmont, mm-hmm. up, uh, behind Piedmont Mall Ma- Ma at the okay. Piedmont Hospital. It's going down perimeter area. Okay. Everybody, yeah. all all types, all skin, all colors, all creeps. Yeah, right. They, they opened up a whole Piedmont yeah. Hospital. I was very leery, mm. um, but I have mother had cancer, cousin lung cancer, so it was important to me to just I got a, a one year old just to ensure, I mean that 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 they're safe, right? And uh, just seeing the people that were getting it made me feel a little bit better. But yeah, you're right, Tuskegee is yeah, always on now, top that of mind. That shit scared me, bro. It's <laughs> always got, on top of man, mind, ain't it? I ain't got no. Kids. But everybody is yeah, good I that I know who's taking it. But see, my thing is like well, the I long mean. the long term. That's what I'm saying because, like, bro, like that's what I'm worried about. Maybe, bro, Facts. like, if like this is the thing, like, and a lot of people overlook it, but medical racism is extremely real. Facts. Facts. And the thing is, it's like for me, it's like I'm I'm not hopping on the train, and it ain't no disrespect to those who got it, but I'm just not hopping on that train simply because history will repeat itself. And then if, like I said, if medical racism is real, I have to question why someone who is created so much other chaos and, and traumatic experiences for people of color and then turn around and take something that's supposed to keep me alive when I know your your ultimate goal is for there to be population control and who are the first ones targeted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I also know that it's not just the, the entire extermination process is, is extremely systematic, but I know like I can't just go out here and just shoot all y'all in the streets. We can't do that. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so 
What can I do though? Put the stain in your through. arm. Yeah, create chaos. Through. Yeah, and it's not you might not die now, but then like twenty years from now, it's like one of them things that everybody that took it twenty years from now, all black men around this certain age group, this particular same age group, start having the same health issues and health symptoms. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, those were the same ones that took the vaccine back in twenty twenty one. So that's why, like, it'd be, and, you know, like I said, you know, to those who took it, like, I just, I wish the best for you. That's well, all I well, say. Well, Sheila, Sheila, my mom, Sheila had COVID, so she's definitely, she definitely got her vaccination. But then again, she's 67, so she wasn't really thinking about the whole medical racism thing because she grew up in an era where it was literally they came to her middle school to give vaccinations mm-hmm. so yep. the polio vaccination right the chickenpox vaccination like I, it's funny because i look at her arms and you could tell like how you can tell the mark because it has like that it's like it looked like a ringworm because mm-hmm. but most older people have that little right. mark so she was just you no know, she doesn't mind the whole vaccination thing me on the other hand i'm going i think i'm gonna take it because i have a nine month old at home yep. so it's like let me go ahead and get this you know when they, but I'm going for this it because I'm Sheila's caretaker on mm-hmm. my taxes. <laughs> so, Bye. So you didn't go so for this shit, boy. Damn right. So I think I'm gonna just go ahead and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a caretaker. Can you just go ahead and just give me my shot, please? Yeah. I can do it myself. You know, I give myself blood and the shots every day. Too. All right. All right. It ain't nothing. <laughs> but I think I'm gonna do it. Okay, I'm 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 still on the fence about it, so we'll see. And then I might like start shivering and shaking and shit. Just it wasn't nothing. Y'all it wasn't. Okay. Nah, it was it wasn't nothing. Only thing, my arm was sore the next day, but that's 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 normal. Yeah, that's Walk, walking yeah. out was nothing. Yeah. Okay. So y'all, we gonna go ahead and jump into um the jester of the week this week. So, the jester of the week is everybody occupying Buckingham Palace from the Queen on down. Mm. Everybody full of shit. But they been like that though. And this is okay. And this is y'all. This is stemming from the Meghan Markle, Harry, and Oprah interview. So, if you guys have watched it, I know a lot of people. It was going up on social media and Twitter and things like that. So pretty much, Meghan sat down with Oprah, did an interview, um, pretty much just talking about her experiences, you know, while in the Buckingham Palace, and then what led them to, you know, stepping down from. I get their, their roles. Role. Yeah, their roles at the Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. So pretty much it stemmed from a lot of racism. Um, the standout thing to me that, you know, she was going through while she was pregnant was that there were talks about how dark her son was going to be. And if he was of a certain skin tone, well, not even of a certain skin tone, since he is, you know, has black blood in him since, you know, Megan is um, biracial, they were not going to give him or the family security anymore just because he is partially black. And to your point, you know, Jenna, everybody was like, oh, you know, that's typical, you know, over in the UK or with the Buckingham Palace of racism and stuff like that. To me, it's shocking because I live here in the U.S. I don't give a fuck about what's going on in the UK. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on in Buckingham Palace. I don't know what Queen Elizabeth doing. I don't know what that half dead looking nigga doing over there. I, I just oh, don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Philip is on the way. Out. Yeah, Philip is almost. So I just don't know. So people are like, why are you shocked? I'm shocked because I don't deal with that type of stuff that's going on over there. So when I found out how, you know, the Buckingham Palace, you host the tabloids and stuff like that that are putting out those negative narratives about Megan. 
I got into an exchange with somebody and they were like, well, they said, well, Megan said that the queen, you know, was friendly to her. Okay. Being friendly don't mean shit. Yeah, she has to do that. That's her role. You know what I'm saying? And if you're, and they were like, well, she can't really control what the tabloids say. If the Buckingham Palace is hosting the tabloid just for regular events, she has some type of pool. No, she don't. Yes, she does. I'm telling you, no, she don't. The queen, the, can, parliament the queen could say, hey, ease up on shorty. Facts. They definitely could. The parliament has control. It doesn't matter. If I'm the queen or the king of a castle, right, this is my shit. I think and I got I, niggas coming over here. I can tell them, But hey, y'all are looking up. at it from a perspective of something that's been painted for us. Like, mm-hmm. this is, y'all, people are, not y'all, but, like, people are looking at it from a perspective mm-hmm. and not politics. Okay. There are politics over there in the monarchy, in the firm. Just because you queen and it's your name, that does not mean you still have access and control. It's like when an old ass person gives up their estate. You're st- remember in Boomerang when Lady? Okay, this is the the most the the clearest example I can give is when Lady Eloise in Boomerang promised Marcus a job, mm-hmm. and Robin Givens' character was like, "Yo." She ain't got no say so in this motherfucking company. Mm-hmm. She gave it up years ago. Mm-hmm. So what I mean is, okay, so I get it. What I meant by Parliament having control, Parliament is literally the 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 the, the crumbles, the bread, the cake mm-hmm. over there in the UK. Okay. So yeah, I can be Queen Jenna, and you can be King Antonio, but I can't do shit unless I go through the Parliament. Okay. So yeah, like I'm hosting because mm-hmm. as a as a as a queen of my castle, I get what you're saying. And I get like, what you're saying. I'm now the queen. Broke it down. Yeah, I I'm got the, it. I'm the queen of the castle. I'm the king of this shit. Like I can't let you in unless yeah. you know. Nah, it's, that's not how that shit work over there. It's but checked I up. still it's checked feel up. like the queen could tell let the motherfuckers they queen ease Elizabeth, up. Though. No, Queen Elizabeth can't tell nobody to ease up because she she even tell nobody to ease up for years. She been on that throne for years. Okay, it's been a lot of shit she could have told somebody to ease up about. Exactly. She ease up on Diana. She didn't ease up on um Camilla loving her husband. If you watch The Crown, then you know what's up. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't ease up on a lot of that. She didn't even ease up on her own sister. So how the hell she gonna ease up on on tabloid? Okay, so there, me and you agree on that. We feel like yeah, the queen I mean, could I tell them. To, I know, no, but I want his like his viewpoint. Of why do you feel like she could tell them to ease up? So I, to me, this is just my opinion. And that's yeah. She's the she's the the face. And, and the face, or or there's always a skateboard or a face. The face can always make enough tension and throw up enough fuss to get the attention and get the media press that she needs. And if you're not going backwards right, then that's why I'm agreeing. That's why I'm agreeing with A. They she could have made enough fuss. She got all the attention. She could have made enough fuss and made awareness for what was going on. She just didn't. But I think Queen Elizabeth is so deep in her tradition because of how mm. of where she's coming from. Okay. That she don't follow the damn. Yeah, she she doesn't know how to do that. So that's why, like, she's so. That's like sad. she's literally, she's literally the 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 tradition of old British monarchy. That's mm-hmm. that's sad. So that's why that's why she's not easing up because she doesn't even know how, and okay. then she doesn't even she doesn't want to go against her tradition, and that's why that race shit came up, mm-hmm. and that's why because a lot of they they pretty much took over Africa during her reign anyway. So she pretty much. Colonized Africa, India, yeah, all them little, little, all them other little continents down there. So race is a big thing for them. 
Like, yeah, we're going to keep it cute, but we don't want it to tarnish the family image. So that's why they gave Megan hell. Mm-hmm. And honestly, now, with that part, I would have been Tasmanian devil up through that motherfucker. Yeah. yeah it, no, it was, it was not, a lot of bullshit behind yeah, the scenes. I feel like Kate had a Kate Middleton had a big hand in a lot but of shit I that was going on. I believe everything. It's funny because yep. even. Absolutely. I believe everything that goes out into the laws that have something to do with the royal monarchy, if that makes sense. Like the inside scoops mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Everybody, somebody ain't, everybody ain't lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody ain't lying. For it to like history to repeat itself again. Yeah. Yeah, everybody ain't lying. Yeah, that was crazy. Mm-mm. So, um, no, no, she got, but um, I was about to say, oh, um, Harry was saying that he saw a lot of like similarities, you know, between how mm-hmm. they treated his mother and how they were treated Megan. And Megan even said that it went so far as that she was having like suicidal thoughts. Yeah. That to me, that's deep. That like there was some ex like extra shit going on that even I feel like wasn't even expressed in the interview. I feel like, but why she want to expose that? that? That was the purpose of the interview. Like she exposed it, and then I feel like Harry went even deeper than than she did. I feel like some, some more evidence, and I need to see a lot of stuff. No, nah, I I think mm-hmm. everything. What that, else you need to see? Yeah. All that shit is believable. Only because we seen what they did to a white woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So, but I just be like, like with anybody. And it's I don't all care politics. Fact, but yeah, I know, and that's why I'm saying I be wanting to see. Like, I'm glad they. St- I'm glad they stepped back out. though. I'm glad they got ahead of it and was proactive opposed to reactive, well, and got ahead of it and stepped down and moved. What I will say, even if when I said <laughs> when I said history repeats itself, Queen Elizabeth's brother abdicated the throne because he was in love with his wife, but they didn't accept his wife. So he left the throne the same as Harry did. Okay. okay. Y'all, like, this Who was his wife? Uh, some, some French woman. Okay. I don't know her name, but she was from France. They She was divorced. Are they mm. And because she was in, yeah, Most are. they are, but Most are. they was in, um, Edward, her Queen Elizabeth brother, Edward was, he fell in love with a, a French woman that, um, was divorced and they consider her a mistress. Okay. And they, they thought she was technically like a whore. Okay. So they didn't they didn't want her to come in and tarnish their image and because he knew that he left the throne and that's when the throne went to Elizabeth. Got it. And she's got been it. there that long because of that. Okay. So that's why like history gonna repeat itself all the time. And as far as inbred, hell yeah, they inbred because Queen Elizabeth and Philip cousins. They're, they're cousins. Damn right, they're cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah they're cousins. She know her stuff. <laughs> yeah, Jenna, a history buff now. Jenna, a history she buff. Stuff. You know, I didn't know all that. Yeah, yes, sir. That's what I do. You know, that's what they do at FAMU. Well, you know, I'm uh, That's uh, what they do at FAMU. Shout out to, uh, shout out to all But you know what? I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> look, 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 look. Try to be All Lives Matter. All Fuck Lives Matter. Shit. Shout out all to FAMU. HBCU. All HBCUs. <laughs> I, don't people, I don't want people to think like I'm Hold just long. like. If y'all don't know, um, Lyric is a Morehouse man, y'all. Thank you. A man, oh, a Morehouse, a Morehouse man. I know he's a Morehouse man, a Morehouse is while you're a student. Yeah, okay, there we go. I knew it was a different Once you graduate, you become a Morehouse man. man. There we go. Okay, listen, I knew it was something. Uh, but I mean, I worked there, so I, don't I mean. I want people to think like it's just me knowing royal history. Like, I no, no, you on your shit. All types of history. You're on your That's shit. No, that we Black, like that. white, Asian, all that. So I don't nah, we no like, we like that. Don't downplay that. Oh. Nah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I don't want nobody, oh, she only like that white European shit. Nah, 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 we like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You come with the facts. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, like how you didn't know that the president, the vice president, shares. Man, there was a lot of people who didn't know that. <laughs> no, so, no, no, so no. Knock it off. Uh, knock it off. It was just, what? It was just it off. Knock it off. I didn't know. That. I thought they lived in the same I house. I thought the vice president. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I thought the vice president and the president both live in the White House. Okay. 
They don't. Thank you, Larry. God damn it. Out, why would they? That's you got real hype it. about that it's shit. It's a big ass house. And, and it's a big house. But everybody on Twitter thought no, that shit too. You had three people that thought that shit too. That's well, not everybody. Kudos, kudos to you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Don't be upset with me because you thought them folks were roommates. Shout out to Sheila. Not <laughs> for making, roommates. Right. Like, Jenna's smart. Jenna's smart. Stop playing with my dog. Barely. 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 Stop playing with my dog. Yeah, yeah. Don't give me too many problems because I ain't know it was more than one type of apple. I'm going to sell myself like, out. Well, she's from, she from Georgia. She's from Georgia. What? what? Yeah, listen, when you go to the grocery store, yeah, it's I thought it was just three different types of apples. It's at least three different Yeah, I didn't know. Like, I don't, she's from Georgia, no, dog. What's the thought? The green no. one. What's the green one? Well, wait, the, wait, hold on, y'all. Let me say myself. Let me say myself. Because I don't want people to think like I'm that. Like, I am a smart girl, but I don't, I don't eat apples, so I don't pay attention to, like, the apple area. I don't eat much. Okay, so I know there's Okay, well, shit. I just let me let me tell you something. I just don't pay attention. So you to thought apples. the yellow apple, the green apple, and the red apple I knew were the that same was a, apple? No, okay, let me clarify. Just aged. She said they was I knew, aged. I knew that was, was aged. I knew there was a red <laughs> apple, and I knew there was a green apple. But that, you, I know there are different types of grapes. Oh no, nah, you got. If you're gonna step to the mic, come to the mic, Tierra. Because yeah. <laughs> we asked you to come on, you didn't want to. Yes, yeah, so I, exactly. I know. I know there's a red apple and there's a green apple, but I don't get into like the the, the like, types. The types. That's cool. What I'm saying. So I don't want nobody. You know. Yeah, I'm smart, but you know, I do have my blind moments. Okay. Every other. But since Antonio want to call me out, I, I know ain't no backup cameras on airplanes. We're not gonna go through this. Okay. Tonight. Not not in front of company. We're not gonna do this tonight. We're not gonna do this tonight. Backup oh, cameras on airplanes. Anyway, you know, I was laughing. I was laughing. I hate on the plane. I missed that episode. I was laughing on the plane on the way my because I'm looking around. I'm like, how the hell this nigga thought it was some backup cameras? All right, all right, all right. Oh my god. All right. You showing off in front of the company. I don't uh, like that. I hate okay. I missed that episode. <laughs> Boy, you shot out. But nah, so. Oh no, lyric. It was on Twitter. We gonna go ahead. Which means I could pull it up. Nah, you I can don't. definitely pull it up. Everybody, but we're gonna, we're gonna with that, it. a lot of people thought it was backup cameras too. The shit I be thinking about, people be in agreement with. The Apple shit is far fetched. Uh, next yeah, topic. that's on me. That's on me. That's okay, topic. so Larry said next topic. So we're gonna go ahead and segue into the interview with Larry. So Larry, again, up? we like to thank you for being here. Um, of course, we know, I know, like who you are, what you do. Just start, I want to start off from the beginning, but just give people a little bit of a background of who you are, what you do, and then we'll just go from there. So what's up? Uh, my name is Larry McCorvey. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I uh, moved to Atlanta to go to Morehouse College uh, after graduating from college. Uh, actually, during college, I threw parties and events and um, marketing events and worked for Essence Music Festival and uh, did marketing events for Samsung and uh, turned that into just a promotional company that just threw parties and concerts and did uh, big events and corporate events. Um, and then after after that, um, I was going to work for Walt Disney um, and do corporate events for Walt Disney, but um, there was a big recession in 2008, 2009. And uh, so my job got pulled. They weren't doing any more hiring. Mm -hmm. So I took a job at uh, Belt Department Stores and uh, worked my way through the ranks and became did some regional work for Belt Department Stores but uh, my first love and everything that I always do was around promotions, marketing, Atlanta. Um, I just stayed true to that and was coming back and forth. Um, and then I uh, worked for a children's research hospital, uh, raising money for children with cancer. Um, fell in love with that. But always deep underneath was just that nightlife and that hustle and throwing parties and throwing events and making sure people had a good time. And in the A. And um, Super Bowl. Uh, came around and I wanted to own a club 
And so I got some of my friends, uh, some that went to Clark mm-hmm. um, and a, a, a local owner, club owner in Atlanta. And we got together and put together uh, Oak Atlanta and it's just sprung into some other businesses and opportunities in the A. And so that's my story. It just, uh, it not being overnight, you know what I'm saying? Staying, staying down, staying true to who you are um, and just finding a way, kind of making a way. I know that's Clark's that's Clark's motto, but it's just a real motto. And so I always respect people to, you know, Clark in their in their and their will to get get shit done. Yeah. So my thing to you before I get started into some of the questions I have for you, I want to take my hat off to you for, you know, starting Oak in that particular location because that location seems to have like a revolving door yep. of businesses you know ti had a restaurant there prior to yep. there was other restaurants there and things like that so i mean for you to bring oak to atlanta and have it be as successful and as it being like packed out literally every weekend i take my hat off to you brother because that, that. that definitely is is a staple i mean before i don't want to say before it like popped off but when i first went into oak um, there was a day party there that um, some of the people that we went to school with, they threw a day party there. Day Snatchers, shout out to them. Yeah, shout, yeah, shout out to Day Snatchers. But yeah, when I knew that we had the event there, I knew that Oak was going to be very successful. So again, um, my hat's off to you, Larry. Um, so, But you know what? I knew Oak was going to be successful even before, no shade to Day Snatchers, even before. Because I, I've gone to a couple of Oak parties mm-hmm. that weren't related to, you know, FAMU and That's everything. Yeah, like but it's it's a good time. It's a good day party vibe because it's just it's convenient. It's on the damn corner. It's close mm-hmm. to the train station. Just in case some shit pop off, you gotta go to Marta train station real quick. You know. So I, with you being a club owner, Larry, like you know, a lot of people they see the glitz and the glamour of it. Like they see the celebrities, they see like the party, they see it going up. What um, has been some of the setbacks, and even more specifically, I know when the pandemic first hit. Yeah, I know that was like a, a major hit to some of the you know black-owned businesses and things like that. So walk us through how you were able to get through that, and then like maneuver through some of your low moments. I mean, uh, I think everybody thinks it's just a great time owning the club, but you guys really see the the four hours of just peak when you put in all that work to get to those moments. Mm. Um, I mean, there's there is I have staff. I have accountants, I have stuff that's not fun, lawyers, and it's just a lot that goes into creating those four or eight hours a weekend where people can come in, have a good time, mix and mingle, drink their liquor. Um, And so, yeah, the pandemic was just super tough for us, and uh, we are blessed to be in one of the states where we were allowed to be open, Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't want to say, you know, blessed. I want to say blessed because we had the opportunity to provide um, for our families and staffs and kids and whatever. But uh, we, we know that COVID is real. Um, and we know that, you know, people's families were affected by COVID. But we we were blessed to have the opportunity to be able to open one of the earlier states and just to be able to give people some relief, mm-hmm. get people out the house, get people having a good time and mixing mingling again. And I think that's what you saw with Atlanta and why all the focus has really been on Atlanta. But it's not easy. I'm not even going to sit here and act like, we meet, we, uh, we meet, we take one day off and mm-hmm. we are up Tuesday through Sunday working, whether you see the building open or not, somebody's in there, somebody's counting inventory, somebody's doing accounting, somebody's payrolling, somebody's doing every little thing, security walkthroughs and meetings. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a blessing to see it on a Friday night or a Saturday night or a Sunday day, 
uh, take form. And then when people just, Atlanta has taken it and embraced it and mm-hmm. showed it love. Right. And we didn't want to be, we didn't want to be one of these other clubs where we just take your money and you don't get to mix and mingle. There's a there's a reason why Oak is designed the way it's designed, and I don't want to give too much into it mm-hmm. because, you know, people kind of copy what we do. Absolutely. But it's an open format, and it's an open format for a reason. We want people to meet. It's the who's who. It's the right people that are in the building. Right. So if you're across from somebody or you're sitting next to another table, the goal is for you to meet new people. Take a shot with a person you didn't take a shot with. Right. That's our vibe. We hated going to clubs where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in this section, but I can't even go talk to those girls that are over there. Or it's a business owner sitting right next to me that got a bomb podcast. I don't even have the opportunity to meet, mix, and mingle with them because I'm so far away. Mm -hmm. And so that was our whole plan. It was just being different from, from what Atlanta was. You buy a $600 section at Oak, you get the same treatment if you bought a $5,000, $10,000 section. That right. I'm bringing you bottles. I'm bringing you a sign. I'm bringing you energy. And we stress that. And so that I think that's some of the some of the success we've had. And the thing that, you know, I appreciate about Oak is the open concept. Because there's some clubs where it's like, you know, black people, you know, they get their sections and, they, you know, they feeling, you know, feeling yep. themselves. You know what I'm saying? And there, there are some clubs that are designed where there's sections all the way at the top. And then there's some at the bottom. So you're literally separated. Yep. And then for that reason, it get, it's like a false sense of reality for some folks of what's really going on. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why I appreciate Oak as well, because like I've had those interactions with people where I don't know who the fuck I'm giving, getting a shot with. But we lit and we just have that you know camaraderie and that togetherness. And that's what I love about yep. it. That's the goal. The goal is literally... Who's next to you? You need to introduce yourself to who's mm-hmm. next to you because we we do our very best to try to weed out who's not supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be some educate some young educated fly people that want to come have a good time. Right. You need to meet. You need to know who's next to you because you never know. It's somebody's birthday they out celebrating, but they got a bomb job or they got this or a clothing line or this right. or that or whatever accountant. You need to know who's next to you, and so that's that was the that was the concept with the, the the open concept that we wanted to create with Oak. So my question to you: so being amongst party promoters and yep. just seeing you know how that whole scene works, I noticed that sometimes a competition amongst the different promoters and club owners and stuff like that it isn't friendly. I call it like the crabs in a barrel mentality. Like everybody is like clawing. They don't want to share. They don't want to collaborate and things like that. Did you ever have that moment when you first started out? Yeah. Nah, not for me. Um, and so I think that's probably what made me successful. It's not about my name being in lights. Everybody doesn't know me. Mm -hmm. I don't put my name on flyers. Mm -hmm. I don't tell people I don't walk around the club with security. Right. I walk around the club by myself. I stand at the bar some days and drink at the bar and watch the atmosphere. I think people need to kind of take that ship off of your shoulder. You don't have to be, you know, everybody don't got to know you're the boss when, you, when you're there. People mm-hmm. going to figure it out. Right. Um, be who you are. Um, but yeah, no, the, the more collaboration, the, the more that club owners work together the better the environment's going to be for the people that come and party. What people don't know is majority of the club owners are in a group chat. Majority of the major club owners are in a group chat. Mm -hmm. And we talk about security. 
We talk about COVID. We talk about end up for Atlanta because it ain't just. Hold on. Yeah. It's it's not just about this one time party and whatever we make off a one time party. It's bigger. People come to Atlanta because they're not going to come to Oak every single night, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to come to Oak one night. They're going to go down the street and visit my competitor. They're going to go around the corner and visit my other competitor. But as long as we're giving a consistent product and keeping people safe, that's the goal. People, we don't want to ever be like, Atlanta's not safe to party because that that messes up everybody. That's why it's so important and and, and we communicate. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's crabs in the barrel. We have haters. We have uh, people that don't want to see us succeed, but it is what it is. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep mush, m- marching forward and doing what we gotta do. You know, I'm glad that you have that mentality because, like, you know, with you saying you don't have to let everybody know that you're the boss. Like, you the thing that I really like and love about you is like you're humble with your shit. Like, you are really that nigga in Atlanta. Like, like, that. like real deal shit. And the people who really are the shit and really have it they don't have to like always let it be known and that's why i always like surrounding myself with people like that because it just you're not um afraid to either lend a helping hand or at least share information and things like that so again i take my hat off to you I appreciate for that, all man. of that, that um so you said so one of the people that you have working with you in Oak. Yep. His name is Anthony. Yep. I recognize him from um, College Hill, Atlanta. Absolutely. So how did y'all link up? <laughs> so this is this is this goes back to talk about collaboration because I was throwing parties at Morehouse and Spellman mm-hmm. and he was throwing parties at Clark. Okay. Right across the street. And um Anthony and and his business, his he has a whole squad of, of guys called Hit Squad. And those are my those are my brothers, but we were competitors. Mm-hmm. They okay. were throwing parties down around the corner. Mm-hmm. We were throwing parties around the corner. They had their homecoming. I had my homecoming stuff. And um, after college, we realized how much greater we could be together and how much good we could do if we put together, you went to Clark, I went to Morehouse. Right. And that stuff seems important in college, right? But at the end of the day, you got to, there's way bigger stuff going on than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I, we just started throwing parties together, even in college. And then mm-hmm. after college, I'm like, what better guys to own a club with? So Anthony is actually my business partner. He's a co-owner of Oak, him and his business partner, Corey. Corey with a K, shout outs to both of them. Um, and they have just sprung together a whole coalition of events, parties, a team. They still run the campus. Mm-hmm. They still... Um, are out here doing stuff. Shout out to the party with PB who came up under Corey and Anthony. And they really just have a whole movement. And we were like, hey, listen, let's put this together. Let's let's start a club. HBCU led, HBCU ran. Right, right. Black owned, black led. My manager's a black woman. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? my GM's a black woman. My CFO's a black woman. Let's put this together and let's go crazy. So that's where we're at. And just shout outs to them. Yeah, but seeing seeing Aunt College Hill Aunt with the curls come full Yo, circle. Listen, listen, I literally Remind just Remind me of which one it was. I know. Anthony, he was a, he was actually a club promoter on the season. He was sort of kind of Bill Curly Hair, Atlanta. 
you, you just clearly didn't watch it because yeah, he, he's he definitely that. a standout. Yeah, he, he he ran that. He ran. Yeah, I literally just watched the whole season. That season was wild. Well, you know wild. what? I have to rewatch it because when I was watching Atlanta, it was boring. Yeah. It was boring to me. Oh, no, it's good now. being from here, I was like, yeah. eh, y'all ain't doing see, It's crazy. You'll see a lot of familiar faces now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. People kind of sprung up to yep. to, to kind of do different stuff. Which yeah. Is cool. Okay. Because honey, they 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 didn't bring Atlanta like I thought they was gonna bring Atlanta. <laughs> being Man. from here, I thought they was gonna they come with some shit. But none of them was. They wasn't from the A. That's that's so, my yeah, point. You know, looking for a cop. <laughs> they was on college. I needed I needed people you know to be that. from here. Yeah. Uh, okay. You hear me? I needed people to be from here. You know, yeah, at yeah. least you got, you got real. Y'all got to re, just revisit it because it, it was a lot of shit going on. Now I revisit the South Beach. But I wanted, yeah, that's why I thought. So I kind of stopped watching Atlanta because mm-hmm. it was just that it was it was lame to me. Yeah. So who was your? No shade to everybody that was on the curve. Who was your? Who was your first? Um, <laughs> oh no, I'll ask that question later. So you said that you have like your GMs and all these other yep. working components and moving parts. That involves like a lot of trust. Absolutely. And you know, having a solid team and foundation around you. How have you been able to maneuver through that, get those right people in the right places? Because, I mean, you being a business owner, I know a lot of business owners, they get burned Absolutely. in the process with having the wrong people around them. So how have you been able to overcome that? Got burned, straight up. My uh, the, the, the first person that, this is a lot, but, yeah, my GM, my first GM before uh, Stella took over, uh, just wasn't doing, thing eth- doing things ethically. Okay. Um, for for that's what we're just gonna put out there, mm-hmm. um, and has literally just left a bad taste in my mouth personally. Mm-hmm. And you just learn. You have to adapt. You have to get find people that have your best interest at heart. Um, and leadership is tough. Mm-hmm. And so you know you just gotta keep clawing. You have to be hands on with your business. You, if if you see me at Oak, you'll see me. Wiping down tables, picking up cups, filling uh, buckets up with ice. Mm-hmm. Have to be hands on to figure out who who's down for you, who's who's really a part of your team. Right. Um. And then once you get your team fixed, which I think really took me a year, a year and a half to get the team to to where I wanted, with just moving pieces and people going out. You still gotta tweak and learn and getting smart people around you who fix your process. I got a. I have a, a a manager that came from other clubs, Marcus, um, and, and I think he's as sharp as anybody I've ever met, any of the owners, and he, without him, the building doesn't go. Literally, liquor orders and knowing where we're at and cups and staffing. So you just, I mean, this business is hands-on. You got to mm-hmm. have a strong, you're, you got to have a team. And so getting the right people, um, making sure that they have the tools that they need, um, he pointed out a lot of stuff that was like, this can't keep going like this. Mm-hmm. We have to fire this person. Jeez. We don't have the right tools. Scrap all of the POS computers, formatting Excel that yeah. you use. We're changing it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what it costs. POS systems are important. I can't I can't go in and protect. I can't protect you if I can't do this. Right. Mm-hmm. $15,000 worth of computers sitting up in the office because he wanted some other ones. You got to trust. Right. You got to trust. So shout out to them. That's what's up. So, you know, going back to when you first started out and things like that, who 
like how do you get those like how do those moving pieces work as far as you getting your connects and having celebrities come in like i mean you've had everybody like migos future like everybody so how does that work uh a lot of it just stems from being in atlanta for so long Mm -hmm. um and doing good business that's the number one thing i'll say if you say you're gonna pay pay you say you're gonna do this do it please pay your people Please pay your people. Please pay your promoters. Please pay your DJs. If bottle they, girls. Yeah, bottle. If you ask for the rate. Your hosts. Your hosts. Please pay your hosts. Please pay your hosts. Please. Please. You got to pay these people and, mm. and do good business. If you continue to do good business, people will notice you. And opportunities just from the AUC have stemmed up. Um, street execs. Mm-hmm. D-Leaks, AUC, Morehouse, guys. Just there's a lot of connections through Atlanta that we've met just by doing good business and, That's what's and up. being and being solid people. So people, Cardi B, we get we get Cardi B on a Friday night sometimes when her Quave offset, they chilling at the house and they want to come out and have a drink. They come mm-hmm. for free because mm-hmm. that's when when they pull up, they we got their money. Yeah. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. When we pay them to come, we got their money on time. It's never nothing funny. Then they come and pull up. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart, come and buy a table. It, it's, it's literally just a respect. I think it's a respect thing. And that, what the celebrities don't understand is that goes so far with us. Mm-hmm. That's so, that's when I really felt like, wow, we really have something. Yeah. When your peers start to repeat business, then you have celebrities start to repeat business and tell their friend and encourage their friends like, yo, you, they really got something fun. You should really go and pull up. Yeah. Yep. Like you, you've had... Creme de la creme. Like, when I saw you had Lala pull up last year, Lala, I said, oh. We had Diddy come to a party, Super Bowl. Is there any celebrity that you want to pull up that has not pulled up yet? <laughs> um, Yeah, Barack Obama's got us. <laughs> Barack, oh. LeBron, those are the, I would love to see LeBron come through. I'd love to see Barack come through. Well, those you know, LeBron two. has a little partnership deal with fam. You might can connect that for somebody fam Morehouse man. We might, we might, we might can do that. Fam, somebody pull up on me. I heard y'all got, I heard y'all got LeBron, the host, every sports team outfitted. We got the money. Right. Fam got the money. Fam got the crown. It's time. I'm just saying, I've been asking for a little fam you um hoodie, but it's cool. I, I mean, I, I, I got you on the fam you. That's nothing. That's, that's nothing fine. to a boss. It's fine. I ordered mine off NBA.com last week. That's right. <laughs> so talk to us about your new venture. Okay. Bar Vegan. Yep. How did that uh, yeah, how did that start? And just walk us through, like, kind of the grand opening was last week. Yeah, last week. So, we got you. But, but no, congratulations. <laughs> I, congratulations on that. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We got you. Come on. When you're ready. You know, I like ready, to, come on. I'll talk about some black owned restaurants now. But no, it so looks I need a good very experience. lit. Grand. No, we did a grand. So, we did a grand opening uh, last Sunday. Um, and this is, this is Pinky Cole's baby. This mm-hmm. was her vision. Um, and she's not a drinker or a bar person. So she was like, Hey, listen, what, what, you know, what can you do? What, can, what can we do to make this space that I got in Ponce go crazy? Okay, I was mm-hmm. gonna ask you where it was. Yep. It's in Ponce, mm-hmm. second floor. Shout out to Bar Vegan. The market? Yep. Ponce City Market. Ponce City Market. Yep. Second floor, Ponce City Market, food hall. Come see us. Reservations on Bar Vegan ATL. That's a plug. That was a plug plug. 
Hey, I fucks with it. I'll take it. I fucks so with it. I'll take it. This is so so. Um, if you guys know, uh, Big Dave's cheesesteaks. Yeah, I've uh, heard. Going crazy. Killer. Derek's going crazy Killer. with those. It's here. Yes. Really yeah, 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 yeah. Dave's cheesesteaks is here. It's what here. Mean, like, oh, too. going crazy. Yeah, yeah that's what my meters. I don't really visit a lot, really lot, visit a lot of the, the but yeah, it's good. It's so good. Right. So that's why I say it's here because I don't really visit a lot. Of so, mm-hmm. so Dave, Dave doing the Phillies authentic Philly cheesesteaks. Literally from Philly. Literally I, that's from why Philly. I said I've heard yeah, of they, it based they off good of. Too. They I ain't gonna lie. Okay. You're going crazy. So he's down there at too. Pulled together with Pinky doing Slutty Vegan, and okay. they wanted to do a vegan cheesesteak and egg rolls and tots. And we have some more stuff coming, which I'll tell you about later on the next the next go around. Okay. Um, and the bar side is bar vegan, but you can get your food to go, take it on the belt line, sit downstairs, or you can come over and sit down and eat on the bar vegan side mm. um, and just catch a vibe. It's mm-hmm. not a club. It's a lounge. It's, but we got the music going. We got the atmosphere. We're giving you uh, quality drinks. This is not just hand coke splash, give it to you in a plastic cup, giving mm. it to you in glassware. And it's experience. Yeah. So we really wanted to give something different. Beyond Pont City represent for us because mm. there ain't a lot of... You feel right, me? Right, right. So we're going to keep it classy. We're going to keep it fun, though. We're gonna be authentic to who you know to who we are and how we got here, but yeah, Bar Vegan is is here and um, we plan to be here for a long time, and hopefully there'll be more of them. That's dope. So Larry, like I literally watch your stories, of course, all the time, and you always hear there you got stuff going on on Fridays at Whiskey Mistress and all yeah. that stuff. Like I get tired <laughs> just by watching what you do. So how do you do it? Cause you. Again, you have a one-year-old son. Yep. Like, how are you able to do it all and still balance of being a present father and things like that? How do you do that? Yeah, I think um, family first. And so, you know, you can lose sight of that, right? Um, you just got to communicate and, and be be families first. That's it. That's number one. But then you got these goals and these dreams. And when you're up, you got to put what you got into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just make sure you see I have people now that I gotta I gotta feed. Right, right. I got staff that has family and yeah. and I'm looking at them and their wives and them and their it's, it's, it's their children and right. that's the drive. So the 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 more I see like hey yo I had a bomb birthday at Oak or damn lyric check out my new crib that I bought mm-hmm. or you know I got this new car let me come outside and see my new car that's what's driving me every single day um and just I, I have a bomb support system right and I lean on them and when when I'm when I'm checked out for a day because I'm I'm at the park with Houston my son mm-hmm. I'm checked out I need yeah. somebody to step up and hold me down so you just have to have those accountability partners and lean on people don't be afraid I think we get into the stuff where it's like, I got to do this all on my own. Right. I, I'm not here without a team of, mm-hmm. of leaders that are sh- stronger than me, better than me, faster than me, figure out stuff faster than me. And so I'm not here without them. So no good. how do you practice? So you have all these, uh, all of these ventures, right? Yep. So how do you practice discernment when it comes to like picking what works for you? Because Pinky got slutty vegan already, yep. right? And then you have Oak. So how yep. do you pick pick and choose like who you collab with? Like even as far as like down to promoters and yep. people who want to throw parties at your club and yep. people who want to work with you. 
how do you say okay this sound good but yeah. like what what what's the spark that goes okay this finna work pinky's a no-brainer yeah for no sure brainer. for sure <laughs> study vegan crazy not only slutty vegan crazy pinky's mind's crazy slutty vegan has a powerful story in itself like just her mm-hmm. her whole come up is is wild. crazy yeah and yeah y'all follow pinky cole on instagram and, and just follow her and her journey her story she's out of here as a as a black woman entrepreneur my marketing mind she's she is there there but there's a lot of philanthropy that goes into pinky cole just you work at you work at bar vegan dinkies mm-hmm. and you get fed before you leave free that's different like right. i'm feeding you something healthy before you go out back home right and you can eat some mcdonald's or some trash and i don't mean a name drop or whatever not yeah. whatever yeah, that is, is some other is. stuff that ain't as healthy for you right mm-hmm. um so just shout outs to her and her mindset she was a no brainer and it was an honor just to uh, for her to allow me to dump my ideas on her mm. and just to receive her ideas. Right. As far as promoters, um, you just have to vet, pay attention, and then just make sure that they're pushing your brand. We get people that want to come and do stuff at Oak all, at Oak all the time that we right. have to turn down. Right. Um, because we do want to create an environment where it's still fun and it's for people that are going to push the envelope forward. And that's kind of what has continued to create our success. Um, but yeah, it's just, I can tell by talking to you and figuring out what do you want to do this for? If you're coming to Oak and you say, yo, I just want to figure out how I can make as much money as you or figure out how I can talk to Pinky Cole and I want to pitch Pinky Cole this idea. Well, what are you doing? Have you, what have you done with your own ideas? To- right for me to even put you in front of her. So are you asking for things like that? Are you asking for numbers of previous events, ticket sales, how they're promoting? Because you started off with like, yep. you started off promoting in college, right? Yeah. So you started off before social media was, yeah. you started off with footwork. Yeah. So a lot of us, especially like, well, not us, but like a lot of people who are our peers, right? Mm-hmm. Don't have that experience of footwork. Yeah. So they kind of go into the game. Cars. Right. So they kind of go in, Fuck the cars, nigga. You walking up to people like, hey, you you basically asking for a dollar. Like, what are you doing tonight? How can I get you? Like, a lot of our peers don't understand that whole footwork game. And literally being at the mall or at the grocery store or walking up to people. Yeah, or shit. No flyer because I ain't got no money to print this shit. Like, this is. (laughs) He's oh, wow. Like, seriously. (laughs) No, that's real. That's that's just how it goes. Like, so that's why I was saying, like, do you ask for things like that? Because people try and get cocky in this industry, especially like we're in the A. Yep. Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks they are somebody that they might not necessarily be until you start asking for yeah, numbers. Yeah, correct. So that's why I was asking, how you how do you practice like, or how do you even like filter that out? Yeah, so I, I'm still a very much a student. So um, you'll see me out at people's parties very often. I go to other people's stuff. DJs ask me all the time, can you DJ? Where you DJ at? I'll come. I'll come spend my money, pay to come in, yeah. stand at the bar, drink. Oh, yo, I throw this party on Tuesdays. It be popping. Cool. This Tuesday I'm pulling up. I don't need you. And then they look down at the bar and they see me watching their crowd and seeing how they move, maneuver. You got to stay a student. You got to stay hungry. Yeah. Um, I go look at my competitors that I think are are outstanding. I go to their stuff. I pay to get in. I pay to park. Even though they see me like, why would you pay to why would you pay to come in? Because I'm here as a student. Right. I'm not here to party. I'm here watching you and studying you. 
And so, sure. you know, stay stay true to your game, stay true to who you are, but you also got to put that work in on the back end and make sure that your brand is protected too. And that's, I think, I think that's that's the most important thing that you can do as you start to elevate. That's cool. My final question for you, Eric, is what is your end game? Like, I'm sure you don't want to be 45, 50 hey, in the hey club. Man. Are you in the 45? Club. How old are you? No, he's in his 30s. 30, yeah, I'm 35. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna be Shit, 45, 45, 50. You gotta be asking these promoters out here. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your end, so what's your end goal? Like, what if you were to paint a picture perfect life for you? Yeah, what would that look like? That's crazy because I don't know, and it change and it changes. It used to be money, 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 and mm-hmm. uh, uh, be able to be able to do what I ever wanted, to, do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. It's not that anymore. Um, now it's to be able to pro- provide uh, for my family um, and then be able to provi- provide for people that look like me and, and act like me. So I wasn't I wasn't an A plus student. Right. I wasn't I wasn't the best student at Morehouse, mm-hmm. um, but I bust my ass to get them B's and them A minuses and all that stuff that I got. You know, what I'm saying I got a couple C's too, C pluses. I wasn't really low C's, but you you have to. I was, I was, I was, I'm on a search to be able to empower people that are like me. Mm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They, they, they're, they're not the A plus student, but they are a grinder and they're going to figure it out and they're going to bust their butt every day and stock the refrigerator on your hands and knees. I literally was at bar vegan on Sunday on my hands and knees putting beer in the refrigerator. <laughs> that's, that's who I'm looking to empower and to make sure that they can get on. So it changes every day, but I would just, I want to make sure my son is straight. Um, and, and he has the means to to live out his dreams um, and then make sure that I can emp- empower more people that look like me and give them the opportunity to 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 strive and do whatever they want to do. Because at the end of the day, who would have thought you could own a club downtown Atlanta and it turn into whatever it turns into? They don't got they don't teach that at school. Right. You know, they don't got a major for that. So. Yeah, they don't. Mm-hmm. I got DJ friends that are million, multi-millionaires, and they didn't. They where you learn how to be a DJ in college? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You go to a four-year college, you don't get that. So it's 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 just about putting people on that look like me. Some who don't look like me too, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot of people that don't look like me too, but you know, I gotta take care. Of, I gotta take care of home too. I like that. Well, Eric. You know, again, I thank you for for stopping by. Yeah, it was an honor. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm just thankful that you came. Um, let the people know where they can find you at. I mean, people already know who you are, but just giving your Instagram handle. What's up? I'm uh, Lyric Presents. Lyric Presents, and uh, you can follow Bar Vegan ATL um, and uh, Oak Atlanta ATL on the ground. All right, bro. I appreciate you, God, y'all. It was an honor. It was an honor. Uh, thank you for tuning in, y'all. We will be back, not next week, the week after with another episode with a different guest. All right, y'all. We appreciate y'all for tuning in each and every week. You can find us at Crown Conversations Podcast on Instagram. My Instagram handle is a.jay.williams. Mine is at team underscore Malcolm. These two always <laughs> Who going first? Damn. Y'all can find me on, nah, 
It's Kayla. Y'all can find me on Instagram at it's pronounced Kayla, K A Y L A. Just don't follow me. Jenna. <laughs> Miss Jen and Juice with one E now. So it's M S J E N N J U I C E. All righty, y'all. Thank you, and we'll see y'all in two weeks. Peace.